Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Today, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean that more today, I think, than I ever have. I've been working through the book of Matthews, and let me tell you, the book of Matthews, really, king of the Jewish people, exposed as the Lord God of creation and all the world. This is, wow, what a show. And the thing is that every day that we live, that show is going forth. Every day we discern and see the power of God on display and the performance of God, bringing seed time and harvest, making sure that there's crop so that we are fed, that the wind blows so that we have breath. Oh, he's a wonderful God. Despite all the other things that go on in the world, truly God proves through every hardship, every difficulty to just be very, very stable, very consistent with his own word and definitely true to his word. This is indeed the outreach podcast of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. And we are in a series titled Apples of Gold. We are reading through the book of Proverbs. And these are the the sage wisdom speakings of uh, King Solomon to his son. And definitely it was a gift of wisdom from the Lord. And therefore... When, when Solomon wrote it down and it became a part of the canonized Bible, it is wisdom to us, be you male or female, the wisdom holds. At any place there is a reference to the, the masculine, if you just take it out and put in the feminine, it's going to hold and definitely be extremely uh, good at looking into you. It's the mirror to our very soul condition to the flesh, and to assess if we're truly and truly walking in the spirit. Good evening, Sharon M. Thank you for joining us. I'm a little earlier than I announced because I didn't have the choir practice this evening. I decided that for the next two weeks, I will have to give that up so that I could make my word sure and true. So we are definitely reading through the book of Proverbs, and we're going to do as we did yesterday. This morning, we had someone who expounded verse by verse, and it was very good. But what I shall do tonight is read and where I uh, discern a different point being made, one that we have yet to kind of uh, deal with in the in the Proverbs, then I will I give as much commentary as I possibly can there. And uh, you may indeed also share your comments as well. Your comments are always welcome because, you know, we are not scholars here. We're just asking the Lord to give us uh, insight so that we can, as his own children, as the redeemed, begin to live like we really know him. (laughs) We do. (laughs) We really do know him. And, And we want to make sure that we are growing. You know, God is a parent. He's our Father, and really and truly, in his own way, he's also our mother. He is our kindred. He is a brother. He is a friend. 
That's who God is. And so when we go out and we tell people that we are Christians and we believe in the Lord and all that stuff, there ought to be some evidence a little bit anyway. If all you have going for you in the moment of your redemption is the testimony that something has happened in you that makes you see yourself and know that God has forgiven you, that is that's good enough. And then you walk as if you are a forgiven soul, which means that you're not going to be judgmental and hard on others who are not because it took our having the light bulb turned on in order for us to see ourselves. And it's going to take the same thing for everyone who comes to Christ. So with that, I'm going to try to put some really interesting background music on. And as usual, I, I, I sometimes cannot control this volume. So bear with me as I do that. I want to make it right first because I usually try to do it after I've started. But tonight, ooh, I'm going to try to do it tonight and make sure <clears throat> that um, it's not overpowering the words. It's not louder than the words. And here we go. I can't even hear it personally, but I hope you can. Chapter 18 of Proverbs, and we're reading now verse 1. One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. Verse 2. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. Verse 3. When a wicked man comes, shame does also, and along with dishonor, disgrace. Verse 4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters, a flowing river, a fountain of wisdom. 5, it is not good to show partiality to the guilty by perverting the justice due the innocent. Verse 6, a fool's lips lead to strife, and his mouth provokes a beating. 7. A fool's mouth is his devastation, and his lips are a trap for his life. Verse 8. A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. 9. The one who is truly lazy in his work is brother to a vandal. Verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are protected. Verse 11, the rich man's wealth is his fortified city. In his imagination, it is like a high wall. 12. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but before honor comes humility. 13. The one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and disgrace for him. 14. A man's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit? 15. The mind of the discerning acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seek it. 
a gift opens doors for a man and brings him before the great. That's verse 16. In verse 17, the first to state his cause seems right until another comes and cross-examines him. 18. Casting the lot ends quarrels and separates powerful opponents. In verse 19, an offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city, and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress, the bars of a fortress. Verse 20, from the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. In verse 21, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In verse 22, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. 23, the poor man pleads, but the filth, the rich one answers roughly, excuse me, the poor man pleads, but the rich one answers roughly. And verse 24, a man with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. I hope that you have really heard and as I read slowly, kind of slowly anyway, I hope that it gave you a moment to really consider those Proverbs that you are hearing tonight. Now, we know that from, um, yay, <laughs> hello there, Sister Reem, so glad you're here. We know that those uh, Proverbs, you know, are, are repeated, the Proverbs we have gone through now half of the book. And in the first half of the book, when the Proverbs actually begin, and that's about chapter, what, I don't know, nine or so, when we actually begin to get one proverb after another, we hear a repetition in point, theme, I call them things. So we hear the repetition of the, the uh, wise-hearted and how he uses his words in contrast to the foolish-hearted and how he uses his words. And those contrasts in talking about the mouth, the tongue, words, they set up for us the righteousness of God in God's wisdom. And then they contrast and give us outcomes based on a lack of uh, wisdom or heeding these wise sayings. Now, um, we, so we got all these up there, right? And we, we kept hearing the, the, the theme on, on the mouth, on the tongue, on the, um, the words. We heard theme on, on even laziness. We heard themes on the whorish woman. We heard themes on, you know, immoral living. But every time now we are getting them, they're coming back to us and they're being sort of repeated. But they are being they are being added to these other things. And so that's what I want to do tonight. I just really want to highlight the other things. I'm not going to go through every verse. Uh, if you have questions about them, you know, I'll do my best. <laughs> but I, too, am responding to the Proverbs. I am taking it in just 
as you are. And so we will ask the Lord to really guide our understanding as we are listening. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, here we are. We're gathered as your people, the redeemed. And those who are not, God, we ask that you would speak to their hearts that they may become and understand and enjoy the beauty of being born again of your spirit, being quickened again in our dead spirits so that we can commune with you, so that we can receive from your bounty, so that we can begin, Lord God, to fear you, to have that awe and respect for who you really are. We will see it. And then, Lord God, we will humble ourselves under your mighty hand, that as you raise us up and we become more like you, we shall be in due season and in your way even exalted. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ and thank you right now for it, Lord. Now I thank you because we know that which we have asked of you is your will. In the name of Jesus and amen. So very, verse one says, um, I just want to, oops, I'm in the wrong chapter. Make sure I'm in the right chapter. That's what I was so concerned about and I have to get in the right chapter. But verse one kind of explains itself, does it not? Better a poor man who walks in integrity. And again, this has been repeated. Integrity is moral uh, life. It is having a sense of oneself. You know, when I was a child, old people, I grew up with old folks, and those old folks are from an era that are not the present, you know, old folks, because the these present old folks have kind of been <laughs> educated to a point, you know, and so they don't have... They don't retain the vernacular of the old um, children of the slaves. See, my father was a son of a slave. And um, daddy would say to us when we were acting out of control or talking too much, he would say, honey, you need to get a hold of yourself. You better get a hold of yourself. Getting a hold of yourself meant self-restraint. So, you know, stop your wild acting and and begin to think about what you're doing. And this one says that um, this is this is what's coming in. Am I in the right chapter, you all? Is it 19 or is it 18? Yes, 19. Better a poor man who walks in his integrity. So when you allow yourself to go out of control and and your your choices are of an extreme and immoral nature, you are harming yourself. It's better to walk in integrity than someone who has deceitful lips and is a fool. Deceit is lying, right? Better to be upright and to be righteous and to walk mor morally than to then be a deceitful human being. Because why? Once you get known to be a liar or a deceiver, even a deceiver doesn't want to be around you. You know, nobody wants to give you opportunity because they feel that they cannot trust you. And let me tell you, some of the ways that God redeems us and changes us, they are kind of difficult to walk out of the, you know, the smoke of because they have been so uh, damning to our character. So it's better to be a person of, of, un, uh, of uprightness and moral character right from the beginning change uh, the way we see our children. You know, we can see our kids and think that they are just cute and they're, they're doing little things that may actually cause them to choose folly. So we want to restrain them in love, 
You know, I know nobody likes to spank their child or nobody wants to say harsh words because we went through this whole era where, you know, all that has, has become rather a taboo. But until you teach a school where there are a lot of children who have never been taught self-restraint, you don't really understand. Children without any self-control, they have no uh, humility with regards to the, the elders in their lives are very difficult to teach. I've been there. I have done that. I've done it with little ones and I've done it with, uh, you know, the high schoolers. It is not easy. And people take up for their children, even when the child is way out of order and they know it. But somewhere in this modern society, there is the, the thought that that we were not born in sin and shaped in iniquity. That if we just, you know, you know, give them all that they need and, and, and send them off to school and get them these degrees, that all is well. But honest to goodness, a, a degree does not change folly and it does not change the foolish heart. Integrity is a word that we all should learn. And then once we understand it and we get it down pat in ourselves with gentleness and in mentorship. We should therefore mentor the new generation because life is difficult for them. Life is difficult because they have not been taught these lessons. A lie is not a pleasant thing to live with. Guilt, the truth coming out, the shame of being found out, and on and on. Absolutely. So says a, 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 a Sister Rings. Welcome, Owen Bruce, by the way. Uh, I wanted to make sure that you know that you are very welcome in this studio and your comments are also welcome so all of you guys out there if you want to say something just use the chat and i will i promise you i will read it so that's very one now the others the, the things that follow there um zeal is not good without knowledge and the one who acts hastily sins and this follows the train of thought also that we have already covered it's stated a little different, and so it expands a bit. So zeal is what what is zeal is not good without knowledge because you can run to do a thing, you can have a great uh, experience about getting something done, but if you don't have the knowledge and understanding that goes with getting it done, you may hastily become one who is uh, living out his own sin, or align yourself, allying yourself or aligning yourself with sinful people. You know, I think of, of the, um, the music industry and how young people rise to fame very quickly. So they have a lot of money. They have a lot of access to the world's ways and the world's pleasures. And do we not hear of their fall? Well, you know, they're in the news, so we can hear about their stuff. But all you have to really do is walk, I mean, next door sometimes and right around your own community, and you will hear of equal calamity coming upon those who act hastily and those who are not receiving sound wisdom. So this one, though it repeats a little bit, I want you to know. And, and today, the, that zeal that, you know, that I'm going to do it, I'm going to get it, and they put all their heart and soul into doing the thing, it is rampant. I mean, if, if they would be that zealous for uh, those activities that would, would make for peace and comfort and good relationships, if they would be that zealous for that, 
their outcomes would be very different. But some people are so zealous to make whatever their plans are, whatever they want to see happen, they're so zealous to get it done that they actually end up in a worse condition than when they start. Spend all their money for it, you know, uh, go out and are are uh, fooled, fooled by those other deceitful people who will come in and exploit them. So let's let's watch that with our friends. You know, it's just better to sit down and map a thing out. Let me tell you too, I'm so guilty of being hasty. Uh, when I when something comes in my heart to do, right, I just begin to do it, right? Especially if I think the Lord said, I'll just begin to do it. And I had a really good friend who said, honey, you may, she always says, honey, when she really wants to tell you, <laughs> she said, honey, Ooh, it's it's such a good idea, but is it for now? Are you supposed to do it now? And that used to really unnerve me. I'm thinking she always wants to wait. She always has to talk about it, but she was always right. Zeal is a good thing only when it is found with knowledge and only when it is in line with God's plans. So, um, Number three is also self, self-explanatory. self A man's own foolishness leads him astray. You know this, yet his heart rages against the Lord. And that it, that's not a good condition to be in. But you know a man's foolishness is, is really what's taking him. And all of us have been foolish in our way. I want to do this thing. I want to do it this way. And I want to do it right now, you see. So we go on. But we are in a rage against our father. But isn't it good to know that while we were yet enemies, Jesus Christ died on that cross. Because when you really find your way and you realize how far astray you have gone, me included, you want that help. And God is there. His ear is already inclined to you. And you cry out and say, Father, have mercy and have mercy. He, he, received, he sends you mercy. He sends you forgiveness. He sends you restoration. He sends you salvation. And then your heart is, oh my goodness, your heart is broken over your sin, but in love with our Father and our God. So uh, we're going to drop down to, let's see, I, my, my little arrows here are very light, hard to see, and my light is obscure, so I'll have to kind of find my way. So um, now I'm going to, you know, verse six uh, says, um, let's see, others' lies will not escape. Okay, so there, five goes back up with the one about the lies, right? And verse six, men seek the favor of a ruler, and everyone is a friend of one who gives gifts. So yes, when you when you receive a gift, I, I do have the commentary here, and I'm going to kind of let that help us understand that. Uh, these two verses, verses six through seven, are a are, are comment on and show how those that are rich and great are courted and caressed and have suitors and servants in abundance. The prince that has power in his hand and preferments at his uh, preferments at his disposal has his gate and his antechamber thronged with petitioners. You better know it. Even in in uh, nonprofit work, right? Once once a nonprofit organization discovers a foundation or a um, a donor, you know, organization with their interests at heart, and they got big money, like Bill Gates, like um, right away the Duke Foundation. There are many of them. You see, because I worked in nonprofit, everybody in their uncle is writing them to 
to get that money. And if you had opportunity and could invite them to dinner, you would because you want them to hear your pitch. You want their money, right? We want their money. But that's not a good thing. It just isn't a good thing. So we need to be careful. You know, also, I've heard many people say that they ought to do this or they ought to do that. I'm saying, now, what makes you think that a person ought to give you their money? There's something wrong with that thinking. They they ought not to give it to you because <laughs> if if they've been, you know, uh, hard at work to get it or if their parents were hard at work. Because let me tell you, if it were in your hands and somebody told you, you just ought to give me your money. I am so sure you would clamp your hand tight and say, you are out of your mind. I ought not to give you anything that I don't want to give you. And if I wanted to give you, tell me what would make me want to give it to you, right? So we have to really, really watch a few things here. Um, so many seek the favor of a ruler and everyone is a friend of one who gives gifts. And that's the real truth. That there's a song and Gab's re references this morning. Uh, it, it, I think Lady Day, you know, sang it first. I forget Lady Day's real name, but anyway, a lady they sang it, but then blood, sweat, tears came wrong, and and they put they just knocked it out of the ballpark for me. Uh, and when you got money, you got lots of friends hanging around your door. But when the money's gone and all those friends and name, well, they won't come around anymore. All rich relations may give you a crust of bread and such. You can help yourself, but don't you take too much, cause Mama may have and Papa may have. But God bless the child that's got his own. That is the song. Remember it, right? Learn it. And then remember that last verse. God bless the child that has his own. And the Proverbs tells us that you oughtn't to be lazy. We're going to run into that one. Laziness does not fill the mouth nor the hand. Now, I am not saying go out and condemn anyone for their uh, lack. You, we, we are not told to do that. In fact, we are told to do the opposite, to help up a brother, you know, to show him a way. Give, by the way, what they need. Before you even talk about Jesus, let them see the love of Jesus extended. And therefore, we're not condemning people. But truly, it is good to have um, a sense of work and gathering. It's not easy in a society like ours always to have work. And we have to be taught creative approaches because if, for example, you had a mistake in your life and you go out and you try to find a job after paying for that mistake, there are many places that will not even let you enter the door. So we do have some problems here. See, God forgives and, and it's over. He forgets. The society uh, never forgives and they never forget, right? So we cannot condemn people. And all of us have been foolish and children and young and crazy in our day. And maybe sometimes people are so deep in want and need that they can find no way out. And so they commit crimes or do certain things. Therefore, we are the people that God has chosen to address these issues, to see to the person's needs and not without withholding the gospel, never that. They don't have to pay, you know, with, with being Christian because they're not at that point. Maybe maybe some are, some are not. What we're doing is it's, a, it's evangelism time. You are drawing them into the love of Jesus Christ. And then when you finally get, get around to telling them that gospel and asking them to come to Christ, they're apt to come to that. They're going to make that decision because you see he has shown up through you. 
and he shows up through you, but you are uh, provided for by him, right? So that's that's kind of uh, in a nutshell. And I hope I don't read one and repeat that again. Uh, all the brothers of a poor man hate him. How much more do his friends keep their distance from him? He may pursue them with words, but they are not there. And what this is, you know, this is just what I talked about. You, you're running from a poor man because he isn't treating you for help. Really, really, when people are poor, you know, pride just goes out the window and praise God because the Lord loves a, an humble spirit, a broken and contrite spirit. He will not despise, so says the psalmist. So he loves that about them, right? Not that they're going to stay there, but as uh, if you ever intend to win someone for Christ, as we say, we don't win them for Christ. Christ wins them for himself. We simply are the imitators of Jesus Christ in the thing that he calls us to do. But if you're ever going to see someone under your own ministry come to Jesus Christ, I believe that's a lesson you must learn. You must learn not to condemn and never make these judgments against people about which you know absolutely nothing except what you can see with your little naked eye. And that naked eye is only going to see exactly what's in front of them. Your mind cannot perceive out of which the people come. So they run away from the poor because they are entreating them. Instead of running away, they should run towards and, and on a daily basis or a weekly basis or however the Lord leads you, maybe a monthly basis, you call and say, do you have a need that I might be able to meet? And if you can indeed meet, the Bible says, never tell, never say, go back and come again, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll help you out tomorrow. If indeed that what you what you have to help them is already in your pocket. You never send anyone away because I'm going to tell you guys, you don't know what a person is up against. So you send them away. And I'm talking even drug addicted people. I'm talking alcoholics that so many people sit on the sidelines and talk about laugh at. God is watching. And when we offend one of the least of these, my brethren, Jesus said it would be better than a millstone were hung around your neck and you drown in the bottom of the ocean. Check ourselves, Lord God. Teach us to check ourselves. Listen always for the Holy Spirit. You're not going on my word. You're going on by the Spirit. And this is the teachings of the Lord. But listen, because the Lord would talk to each of us in a moment when he really wants us to do a thing a certain way, right? But we also want to have our hearts prepared so that when the moment comes, <laughs> we can hear him and we are not holding on to anything all things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have I given unto you. That was David, the best king that ever lived. And he gave and he gave to the people and he gave to the Lord. And when we in certain churches, you get up and sing that, that song after the offering is the real truth. All things come of thee, O Lord. And it is of thine own. And you gave it to me, but I, it, it is yours really. And I'm giving out of that, right? And remember, love is always sacrifice. Give what what hurts. Give to to you have a little bit of a stretch there, right? And you would just have done your reasonable service. So the Lord says. So, so the one who acquires good sense loves himself. I like that so much. Good sense, you will truly begin to know and understand what it means to love yourself. 
You know, many people say they don't love themselves. I say, no, 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 you, you, you don't even understand what love is and you don't understand what loving yourself is because everybody, by so, so are the words of the scripture, there's nobody that doesn't love himself, really. But there are people who will be ashamed of themselves. There were people who will prefer to be somebody else because they look a little bit better. But you see, all the while, what you're really doing is focusing on yourself and saying, oh, I ought to be or I should be. Can I be? Right? It's all about you. No, no, no. Good sense. Good sense. Good sense says, I am who I am and God makes no mistakes. I may not be the prettiest little cookie on the sheet, but I am who I am. And by this, I can be whoever God intended me to be and be used for his purposes. See, I can't sing. I would love to sing. My mother could sing. My father could sing a whole bunch of folks. And I'm talking about sing. These people didn't have little light voices. They could really bellow and sing. And I always said, Lord, what is wrong that I cannot sing? Well, I can sing. I can carry a tune. I can sing harmonies. I can sing. I'm not a soloist. So why do I waste my time? You know, why would I? Now, I did know a young lady who said she wanted to sing. She prayed and the Lord gave her singing. Let me tell you, the little girl could sing. She could really sing. She was young. She had probably still in her late teens when I met her. And she was a soloist, truly. But she told me she could never sing, right? And God gave it to her. So if, if that's what you want, you want to use it for the glory of God, go ahead and pray for it. I don't, I'm not saying not to do that. I think that was a good thing. I was impressed and at the, at the power of God and at the beauty of her voice. Both were very impressive, right? But I can sing. And to his glory. If anyone calls on me to sing, I'm standing up there and doing it. And I don't care that I don't sound like Miss Rima Joseph. I, I, I can't be concerned that I am not Janice, my sister. I cannot be concerned that I'm not Kathleen Battle. No matter how much my heart wants to be that, I cannot be concerned. I give to God what I have and he makes it, he magnifies it. He really extends it. He makes it greater than great, greater than great. I'm telling you. So do not uh, misunderstand that good sense, good sense loves what God has done in you, right? And one who safeguards understanding finds good success. I'm telling you, with all that getting, it said 4, 7, Proverbs chapter 4, get understanding, understand what is meant. You know, Pastor Thomas, we, we're going to have a session with him tomorrow at 8 o'clock. And I say, you know, we're going to read at 6 tomorrow. But, but, but if you can't do both, come to Pastor Thomas is at eight o'clock because in all that getting, get understand that's on that man's heart. It's in his mind and everything that he says points you right back. See, you see, you say, you ask him a question. He said, well, or you say, is this right? He'll go, well, mm, you know, cause he got a little something to add to that a little more depth, a little bit more for you to deal with so that you can begin to really blow open the word of God and understand that it is for life. These applications of God's word and his wisdom make for the fullness of the abundant life. He said, Jesus said, I come that you might have life. Glory to God. When he quickens that spirit, that dead person in trespass and sins is no longer dead. He's reborn right then and there. I came that you might have life. And then he said, and that more abundantly. And, and abundance, you know, has to do with quantity. 
I want you to have more than just the breath. I want you to have also those activities, those actions, that wisdom, those decisions that, oh my goodness, extend the quality of your life. So he came that we might have both the quality, the quantity of life. That's what he's given us. Let's heed him, diligently heed him. And um, so now we, you know, we get this conversation about the king and truly a king. We understand power, right? In this world, when you please him, all is well. If you displease him, you could lose your life. And so LOLs is be you've taught me so much. Oh, humility, pride, good sense. I, don't we love this good sense? That makes just sense. You know, I want to memorize that one because I'm going to use it again. I'm going to use it for me. And I'm going to use it for all anybody who comes and tells me, you know, you don't love it. I say, well, what y'all need is good sense. I said, just get some good sense and get into God's word. He will give it to you. So, um, okay. So a person's insight gives him patience and his virtue is to overlook an offense. Yeah, you know, when are we going to be uh, free of being so offended? Oh, my goodness. You know what? I have a sister she gives it, boy, but she can surely take it. When you start telling her little things about herself, she just starts laughing. And truly, she is totally over it. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I've begun to kind of do it a little bit myself. Just tell me the, the rough, hard truth. Let me just deal with it. And if I think it's out, out there somewhere, I will just drop down and say, I, I don't even know what you're saying, you know. But let me try to make myself clearer. Let me try to explain. Right. Rather than walk off and be offended, never to go back and talk to the person, always talking about the person, you know, just being so hurt that they said this, that or the other. No, let's just jump that hurdle. Just get right over that fence. Just step right over it. You know, I like the uh, expression water on a duck's back because the duck's duck's feathers make him impervious to water. You, you cannot soak a duck. He won't get wet, wet, wet feathers. He'll come up and shake those little feathers off, you know, and go on and he'll look as dry as dry can be. That's what we want to be. We want to be dry like the duck. Pour it on me. Mm, I can handle it. Shake it and keep stepping, right? That's what, now I, 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 I'm saying this in a very light way because we've been listening to a lot of reading and it can get sometimes a little old. So I want you to see the lightness of this. I want you to see how easy these proverbs are coming in, how easy this wisdom is making its way into our ear and laugh at ourselves, you know, not laugh to overlook, laugh to pay attention to say, oh boy, I didn't know that was me. Good gracious. Ooh, Lord, help me, Jesus, and get right down on your knees or do a little fast, depending on how deep the thing is. A little fast, a little fast is never a little, right? Fasting is is a way, however, to open yourself to, the, to your ears to hear the Lord. And God will guide us. Oh, he always does it. He guides us right out of the temptation to do wrong. I wrote a poem and I said, you know, lead me from the lure to do wrong. It's there. It's there for you. It's there for me. It's there for everybody. Even when we are born in Christ Jesus, because that enemy is standing right there at the cracks and crevices of that little open door, wherever there's a little crack, he's trying to get through there. Right. But when we understand, when we know, first of all, you got to know. And then when we apply, that's the wisdom. And we understand that's in the context that the wisdom comes. There is no room for him to squeeze through. And that's what we want. We want to close 
and seal every crack with God's word. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, it's good when you finally get it. And then um, I, I like this one. Uh, foolish son is his father. Yeah, a foolish son is his father's ruin and, uh, and a wife's nagging is an endless dripping. Well, I think every woman who is a wife uh, or who's lived in the house with other people ought to just be able to say, amen, Lord, forgive me, help me. Just to nag, nag, nag away because what I think the nagging really comes from, and I'm probably trying to excuse myself here. We are, we are the people who have to change the diapers, cook the food, clean the kitchen. You know, we, we have to do all that. And if you're like me, you kind of want it all ordered and, and, and uh, speaking span. You don't want the child running around dirty and crying for too long and all that stuff. So when things don't kind of go right like we want them to go, here we go. When are you going to do this? Why won't you do that? Come on. It's been too long. Get a job. Do that. So the nag, nag, nag. In one proverb says it's like the, the constant dripping on the rooftop of the rain. You just, it just goes on. And it'll drive you mad and saying, let us watch ourselves in that. Um, so a house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a sensible wife is from the Lord. See, sensitive people with good sense from the Lord and the house and the wealth are inherited from fathers in some cases. Now, yeah, I did inherit some some uh, land and stuff, right? But in, in general, uh, everybody may not have it to leave, but that's what you, you aim to do that. But even still, on the contrast, or on the, on the other side of the equation, sensi- a, a sensible wife, and it goes hand in hand with the other one, is like an endless dripping. There it is. I'm probably quoting that one because I'm reading it a different... Um, What's the alternative to nagging? Keeping your peace. You know what? I'm telling you, this is what came to me. I was amazed. God is something else. Because Phyllis isn't just really not a smart little person, right? I don't discern the depths of a thing quickly. But it, it occurred to me that one of the reasons that I was so disgruntled about a particular person is because I didn't know the person was like that. I had that person all sized up to be different. So when that other part of him, which is really the true part, now that I think about it, when it showed up, I was shocked. I was absolutely in shock. And I gave no allowance for the fact that that's how this person processes. And if that's how they process, I should be patient with that because you can't be who you are are not. You know, you have to come to God's way about a thing. And by the way, God's way is not necessarily my way. Even though I think I see it clearer, it's not necessarily God's way. Sometimes it's prudent to wait. Well, we just read the It's prudent to just wait, to just hang on a sec and let things be figured out. Who oh, bless you for coming into the studio? I think, I don't know, Zhang. Um, and uh, someone else came and I didn't say welcome, but I welcome all of you. Usually I would write it, but I'm here, B-V-X-X-Q-V-M-N. Thank you for being here. It's so delightful to have uh, you with us. And I hope that we're reading Proverbs chapter 19 and we're going through not all of them. We're just going to lift out some whose themes are now new to us. We hadn't heard these before. Okay, so we're going to expound on them a little bit. And kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord and he will give a reward to the lender. You know, we just heard it. We just did this whole thing God's heart is with the poor. Whether yours is or not, God's heart is. 
with the poor. All righty. So never, never run away from poor people and never count them down and out. Never think that they are less than you if you are not poor or if you have had opportunities to get you uh, into a, a better state in life. As I was watching a movie, Lord, and the little lady, what, her son, a doctor, he had become a doctor. She had been a uh, journalist, you know, but she was making lots of money because she was on TV and all this stuff. So she was very highfalutin. And he fell in love with a girl of, you know, low means. And both her parents died when she was young. She had nobody to lean on of herself. So she's a dog walker. She was a part-time caterer. She was a temp, and, but she was really, her career dream was to be a designer. And she was very good. She falls in love with the man. They decide to get married. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you how mom just went off. She's not good enough. She's not good enough. On the day of the wedding, moms were, moms had been married uh, four times, right? But the mother of the grandmother to the son that she bore from the first marriage showed up. And how did she not expose her? She was a person who, who was in, in meager means when, when, um, her husband met her, but the husband was of, he was of wealth, right? And that grandmother just walked her and just revealed the whole thing. And the, the bride-to-be just looked at her. So, you know, the good story came to a good end. But can you imagine that? You are somebody who came from nothing. And now God has blessed you to have something. And you are downplaying and denigrating someone who is of a low estate. That's not the heart of God. Never is it the heart of God. And so, you know, I told a little friend of mine who was a minister, I said, make your family your congregation. Go and witness to those people. Show them how good God has been to you, how he has transformed your life. Don't preach to them, put them down in a chair and preach them. Live before them. Reach them. And that is, I believe, what is being um, communicated to us. Hello, Hugh Kelly, and hello, Miss Dorsey. God bless you. So good. Come in and enjoy the wisdom of Proverbs. We are in Proverbs chapter 19, and we are reading uh, right now uh, verse 17. We just uh, read verse 17. By the way, this proverb says that that kindness that you show poor people will be alone from the Lord, which means he will give a reward to the lender. And that reward may not come back in money, though it probably will, because he wants you to give to the poor. So he'll keep giving to you so that you can keep giving to the poor. But it also comes back in spiritual wealth. You grow in Christ. You become more like him. Your heart now is truly that heart of flesh. I don't mean flesh is in the other with sin. God says, I will take your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. In other words, I can work with it. You know, I can mold it. I can make it wonderful, right? And the heart of God is the heart that sees the need and even sacrifices that the need might be met. May we be more like Jesus Christ if we only were a smattering of how good he is in our communities. I believe we could change a whole community. I truly do, especially when you have communities that are not even one mile square. <laughs> I used to tell people, come on, we can turn this around and prayer and prayer and prayer. And that's what it takes. And sometimes it takes prayer fasting and prayer, but it surely takes you being in, 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 the, in the battle. You have to represent there because if you don't, the community will change. 
and greed will take it by its neck and the poor will still be squashed out. So it may mean you got to go to too many meetings. You don't want to go, but you need to go and be heard. And it might mean that you might, might have to you know, walk with a petition. You don't want to walk, but you need to walk because that petition and the number of signatures on it may change a lawmaker's heart. You know, we have to be in the fight. We have to be there. And God must be on your mind and in your motives all the time because people will see him. Then they will become uh, more like Jesus. They will want him. They'll want him. And they would they would come. And now it is changing just because a new heart showed up in there. You see, things can change. A person with great anger bears the penalty if you rescue him You'll have to do it again. A person with great anger bears the penalty. So this is saying, you know, the, uh, a hot-headed person who keeps on and on at the same old hot-headedness, right? It, 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 you can bail them out as much as you like, but they're going to just go back in. <laughs> it's not going to change. See, because what is the, the word says every man thinks his own way is pure thinks he has cause to be acting the way he's acting. So when you go in to help, you teach. You teach. And maybe they will change. I've got to come on, listen to counsel and receive instruction so that you may be wise in later life. That's just good right there. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. That's just it. You cannot go against God in any plan that you have. You can just forget it. And we try, try, try hard as you may. That door will never open. It will always be shut and very tight because God's ways for his children will prevail. A man's desire should be a loyalty to the covenant. Better to be poor than a perjurer. We don't want telling lies just never, it doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. Just don't be a liar. I mean, if it hurts for you to tell your first truth, do it because you will not regret it. You never want to be known as a liar. And by the way, you tell one lie, you're going to have to tell 10 because to get out of the one, you're going to have to keep telling lies. You see what I'm saying? So you have to keep mounting them up. Thank you, light touch. Glory to God. <laughs> She's really clapping there. Okay. The fear of the Lord hates to leads to life. Uh, one will sleep at night without that. Hallelujah. Some of these just tell you what they're talking about. I don't even need to say a thing. The slacker buries his hand in the bowl. He doesn't even bring it back to his mouth. Lord, that's a bad picture, right? You are so such a lazy, slack person. We already talked about laziness, but anyway, you just bury your head right down in the bowl, won't even feed yourself. Well, that's, you know, part of his probably just metaphorically speaking or, or a simile. It's just a comparison to the extremity that is caused by one who slacks, one who refuses to uh, be diligent about those matters that he he must be diligent about. So um, the one who assaults his father and evicts his mother is a disgraceful and shameful man. Lord, I thought I'd never live to see the day when young folks would not like their parents. But I worked with them and I heard more young folks talking about their parents. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You just got to go. I, uh, I'm i thinking, good gracious, what in the world has come, what has the world come to? So, you, you, you know, you never, you know, this is not God's way. Parents have done what they did. And, and I would have to say, now, listen, if you can't bear them, right, something's wrong with you. And maybe they are wrong, but you owe them honor and respect. I don't care what they are. 
They could be drunks in the street. They could be drug and you owe them honor and respect because you see, you have been appointed by God to be their child. <laughs> you can't change that. And the word says, Jesus left this, honor thy father and thy mother. It is a commandment. Okay, and Jesus did re repeat it. It's one of the 10 commandments, that your days will be long upon the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Honor and respect. If you stop listening to instruction, my son, you will stray from the words of knowledge. And what have you, if you, what do we have in this world if we don't have knowledge, right? You can't have understanding because understand follows the knowledge. You surely cannot have wisdom because you don't have the knowledge of the wisdom. It is important. These things are important. And a worthless witness mocks justice and a wicked mouth swallows iniquity. Gabs gave a great reference this morning, and she really uh, did an opening of the, some of these proverbs that I am not doing tonight. Um, but the reference, the cross-reference was Job 15, 16. A worthless witness will mock justice. You know, we are living in an age where we see a lot of mocking of justice. We see a lot of miscarriage of justice, Right. We don't want to be worthless witnesses. We really do want to stand in justice, but to stand in justice, we have to understand what it is. What is it that God says he requires of us in the book of Micah? To, to, to do just, you know, to show equity, to be, we have to understand that. And a wicked mouth just keeps, keeps on taking in iniquity. We want to avoid this stuff. And finally, the last one, judgments are prepared for mockers and beatings for the backs of fools. Listen, we cannot hear enough in the Proverbs about that fool. Good gracious. Do you, do you want to be called a fool? You know, people throw that word around, but the Lord says, you know, if you do that, you are uh, in danger of hellfire. And he didn't say you will get it, but he says you are in danger of it because I think it's such an indictment against another human being to call them a fool. Because first of all, the word says that a fool is said in his heart, there is no God. So if you judge a man not to believe that God is there, that's be beyond what you can know, right? And sometimes you kind of can't know it because they really do act out of a wild spirit. But the Lord is reserving his own judgment so that many will come to him. So uh, we, we want to stay away from that. And we don't want to mock. God is not mocked, so says his word, be not mocked. Uh, uh, don't be, don't be, what is it? Be not, oh, what is the word, Lord? I've forgotten it. Right? God is not mocked whatsoever man uh, doeth. He shall, whatever he sows, he shall reap. Um, and I can't remember the first line. Hmm. I guess I'm really tired. Be not deceived. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you shall also reap. So remember, when we sow those uh, negatives against the poor, when, when we taint each other's uh, reputation through gossip and talking way too much, when we are slackers and we don't do the things that we ought to do and we uh, you know, just let time uh, uh, go by and go by and we procrastinate, that's just a slacker. You just keep putting it off, keep putting it off, right? The, God is speaking to these parts of us that we daren't let anybody see and know about, right? 
I mean, we can see it, but you, you're never going to admit to any of this. I know I wouldn't admit to it. You know what I mean? I don't want to admit to it because when you hear it, you know, it's off. You say, whoa, is that really me? <laughs> I want to change. I don't want to be that person. And yet in your heart, you got this heart to be that person, right? So you have to, sometimes you really do have to take your own bull by the horns and stop him and say no more and no further. We are turning this around. That means you're getting on your knees and you're asking the Lord for help in every step. There's no way that any of us can be purified or cleansed except God gives us the enablement, the power through and by his Holy Spirit. And if you're not already born again, you must be born again to reap the benefits of such greatness, great kindness, great love, great enablement, great power, great faith. We can see God, we can know him, and he will be to us the father that he promises. May he be praised forever and ever. Uh, I, I think Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Amen. So the things that we do, like the song says, the Bible says, what you what you sow, you shall indeed reap. So if you show wicked, so any wicked deed, it's coming back. See, everything has, has a harvest. Every seed, every word spoken is a seed. It really is. Or it is a piece of clay in something that you're creating. You can see it either way. But we are creating in God's image. We are made. He spoke things happened. When we speak, we can't redo what we can't do what God did, but we are really, really sometimes uh, we're either tearing up our houses or tearing down somebody's uh, reputation or we are destroying um, uh, goodness in, in a child. We are, you know, we are uh, treating people bad. Oh, it's, it goes on and on. All these words we speak, creating stuff. Let us be very careful. Oh, Lord God, my Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask your forgiveness. If anybody out there, just ask him like I'm asking him, whatever I have done in, in, in regards to the contrast, the evil contrast of every word of wisdom that you have shared with us. God, I ask you to make me aware of it and I ask you to cleanse me. I will confess it when I know. And I have, I have already conf confessed some things and the book of James tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He also tells us that he is not condemning us if we are walking after his flesh. If we really want to walk after the spirit of God, even though our flesh is still weak and making mistakes there. Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you. This is your will. And we can say amen and thank you right now because we know that you're going to bring us to the fullness of your promise. And it includes cleansing us. Thank you, Lord. This has been indeed a really good gabs. I'm so light touch sent me so many claps. This is great. Thank you very much. And thanks, uh, Sister Reams, for the uh, references there. I hope I have not omitted any um, comments. Oh, the alternative to nagging. If, if that helped you, Sister Reams, let me know. Uh, right now, you can say yes or no, and I'll try to do a little bit better with it. 
Uh, oh, you talking so much about it. pride. Yeah, this is good, good. Hallelujah. Um, Father, help us to be true ambassadors of you. God, you, we do. We want to do it well. We want to do it well. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. It pleases God to see the brethren looking out for each other. Talk about it, girl. That's a sermon. We ought to look out for it. You know, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, he even wants us to be a one mind. Even though he's given us several ways to see a thing, he wants us to sit down and get together and talk and make it sure and come up with one point that we all agree on. Well, not one point, but, you know, one thing, whatever it is there. He wants us to be of one mind and to help one another. A lie is not a pleasant thing to live with. Guilt. Oh, yeah, I read that one. That was really, really good. Yes. Oh, and thank you for coming. I think I've acknowledged everyone in the studio tonight. Um, and I, I can't say enough how grateful I am that you are here. May the Lord bless you. And listen, when I pray, I'm praying for all of us. We are Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. You can reach me by email at phyllis at rehoboth.org. At rehobothinstitute.org. Phyllis at rehobothinstitute.org. Org. And you can also leave comments in our uh, on our host page there, our profile page, which is nickname R, capital R, capital I, capital A, and it stands for Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. We have more episodes, especially for children. We just finished the upload of 10 stories by Rudyard Kipling. He's an old English writer, very witty, very funny. He has some little stuff going on there in terms of racial biases, but he's a very witty, clever man, and he wrote an exceptional poem. Uh, it's called If. I hope to also uh, see if I can post it or at least talk about it on the podcast. So we have another you know, series ep episodes on the podcast uh, cast itself. And uh, we talk about the issues of life because we are all on a journey. We're going together and whatever we can share one with another to help us cross over safely. You know, it's God that's giving it to us, not us giving it to us, but God through us giving it testimonies, creative um, works that the Lord has given us to do, etc. We can help one another. And that's what we want to do. And I'm so glad you came. May the Lord our God bless and keep you forever and ever. And remember, once we've dined at a great table, you know what I'm saying? You go, there's good food, there's good conversation. Well, the Bible, what can I tell you? And then there's great laughter, right? And if you came to my house, I would just have to play some music because I just really love to dance. I really, really do. And my whole family, you know, so... Um, a, a, a dance of praise before our God is always good. A dance of joy is also always good. So what I want you to do is to go out with a smile on your face. And therefore, I give you music so that you have a dance of joy. And hopefully, there's a bit of praise in that joy. Now, when I start, this music is probably going to be slow, but it's going to flip into our theme music. And may you have a really great night. Remember, tomorrow is Wednesday. We will read the proverb uh, chapter 20 at six o'clock, and we will go into session with Pastor John Thomas at eight o'clock. And all thy getting, get understanding is that series. Our series is Apples of Gold, reading through Proverbs. The Lord bless you and keep you as the night falls. And hopefully I will see you tomorrow.
I see you in the spirit, you know. So you see, here is the slow music finishing itself because for some reason, Podbean makes it that way. You turn it off, you take it out, and it's still there. <laughs> I guess that has merit in some universe. <laughs> I don't know about mine. <laughs> but anyway, you've been really good to indulge me for uh, uh, the reading of Proverbs chapter 19. And tell me, did I read 18? Guys, I'm a little foggy. I've had a long day. I, I, I can't believe it. I think I read 18. Then I expounded on 19. I don't know. I hope I read 19. Oh my goodness. But I think I did the other way. Somebody tell me. There we go. May you have a, a night to reflect and enjoy all that God has given us, right? He's caused us to know his wisdom and therefore we are blessed people. Have a great one. See you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.